podcast. Well, we didn't get we didn't get any of that because it was still uh, uh, setting itself up. Who's but, um, that lady? This is a podcast with Mike. Wait, that's my name. Yeah, I know. What? I changed it up. O'Shea. All right. <laughs> so Are we actually recording? Or yeah, we're, we're, oh, oh, we're, we're on. on. We're I thought on. we were just making Isley Brothers jokes. No, no, we're on. Oh, hi, I'm Scott. That's Scott. And Larry is the one who said my name. Yeah. Well, I was, you know, changing it up a little bit. Take my agency. So we have a lot to talk about today. Uh, we had a primary here in Pennsylvania, and one of our own show members was involved in that primary, and that is Scott. Hey. Well, I like to think we all were involved in the primary because... I did a lot. You voted, right? Right? You did something. You, you I voted, gave your uh, blood, sweat, and tears to a candidate locally where you live, yes. right? Uh-huh. Why not? You liars. <laughs> I have proof to back it up. Well, yeah, yeah, that, uh, yeah. So I, I am running for township treasurer in Upper Darby, and I won my unopposed primary, which, um, you know, not the hardest thing. I won as soon as the first vote was cast. But, but I also received the most votes of any candidate uh, on the Democratic side, or well, actually on any side. There you go. In the municipal primary, Republic. Um, and what's interesting is I also received more votes than any Democrat has ever received in a municipal primary in Upper Darby. Now, obviously, it's because I'm such a wonderful candidate and people love me so much and they, they are rallying to my call for socialism. I mean, that's the inescapable conclusion. Uh, there is a minority view, though, that thinks that this might be an indication that we ran a very well-organized uh, turnout and voter education effort. So for those of you who do not live in and consider that, about 15% of you in Pennsylvania probably voted. For those of you in Pennsylvania, there's a feature of primary elections here that allows people to run in multiple parties. So we call this cross-filing. It only applies to school board races and for judicial races at the county level and below. So that would be your court of common pleas and your magisterial district judges or justices, I think they're called, right? Um, now, what this means is that wherever a party is dominant, they're able to use those patronage resources to mobilize volunteers from multiple parties to get their candidates on multiple ballots. And the the strategy is if they can run in their own party's primary and win and run in the other party's primary and win, that's it. Job done. No election in November. Although we, we spend money and have an election, right? I mean, we still have the election. It's just that they're running on a post. The true meaning of democracy. Right. So traditionally in Delaware County, Republicans have been very successful about cross-filing onto Democratic ballot and you know, usually knocking off one or two candidates in every school board election. This last Tuesday uh, was the first time that I know of where we successfully fended off every single cross-filing attempt countywide. We also set a new turnout record for a Democratic primary countywide. I think, I think the previous record was somewhere above 15%. Uh, we hit somewhere, I think, I think it was 17.6%. So that's depressing that that's a record for turnout. Yeah. But you've got to keep in mind, most of these primaries involve people that nobody knows. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of them are, are not contested. It's a, it's and most of them are for positions that people don't even know what they are. What is a register of wills to? I only kind of know, and I'm mm-hmm. a political junkie. Right. I mean, I do. I, I know, but it's it's not, what, like, why should we care? <clears throat> it's really just about marriage certificates from what I can gather. Mm-hmm. Um, so most, your average voter is just not tuned in. 
but and it's an odd year. Twenty seventeen. There's no congressional races. There's no correct. senatorial races. There's no. And, and historically, this is always the primary that has the lowest turnout after right. the presidential. And county government, which might arguably the most impactful on your life, is the one that people pay the least attention to. Right. Um, so what's interesting about this is that you know you see something of a Trump effect. I mean, anecdotally, we have a lot more volunteers. You know energized because they've been involved with these post-Trump organizations in the suburbs, you know, Indivisible, um, Pantsuit Nation, what, you know, lots of local groups like um, uh, in Haverford, uh, there's a, a wonderful group formed, uh, a Community Action, I think, the Community Action Network, Haverford Township Community Action Network. Hmm. So there's all these little groups that are forming of what do we do now? And one of the things they concluded was, let's get involved in local elections. And so those people are coming out of the woodwork, and many of them are really high level. They're professionals. They're competent people who've just never been involved in politics before. So as you guys know, a lot of people who are attracted to politics, they're mutants, right? I mean, they're, they're the shut-ins. They're the weirdos who have nothing better to do. That's who we are. Then go to a meeting every month, every you know first Monday of, of the month and, and you know get involved in Robert's Rules of Order. These are ordinary people who are just going, wow, something's messed up. Let me let me do something about it. And the encouraging thing from our perspective is a lot of them are actually turned on by ideas that we might call socialist. Every voter I talked to, I, I mentioned that I was a socialist. I, I brought up, you know, the idea that we are facing a, you know, oblivion via automation if yes. we don't reorder our society. And people respond well to things. In fact, I met one guy at the polls who I'd met before years ago. Um, I call him Comrade Ron. He is a Navy veteran. Uh, and, you know, when I reintroduced myself, because he didn't remember me really, um, you know, I said, I'm running for township treasurer. And having remembered a previous conversation where he mentioned something about socialism, I said, and I'm a socialist, um, which is, it's easy when you can just say that and know yeah. it's going to be received well, rather than about economic fairness or whatever. And he just said, well, all I know is if you're a socialist, you're for the people. Break my hand. There you go. So, you know, I mean, that's one guy in a town of 83,000 people. But um, I will say anecdotally, the S word is becoming much less and less of a, of a baggage around people's necks. Yeah. Sanders yeah. kind of proved that he can call himself a light socialist and qualify it with democratic socialism and explaining his positions. But he's it. it, it people want these policies whether they know it or not, whether they know they want socialist policies, uh, universal health care is now over 55%. Uh, criminal justice reform is now 60%. Voters positive want criminal justice reform. It, it, the, the swing is left. The pendulum is moving left again, and that's very encouraging. Yeah. And all it took was almost ruining the country to do it. <laughs> and we still may ruin it. Well, um, you know, there, that, well, there's that... Uh, there's that one school of thought. It has to get worse before it gets better. Yeah. Well. yeah you, you, anyway, leaving Lennon aside, um, I think the real takeaway here is that we did a great job of inoculating people and telling them the Republicans will try to trick you at the polls. Yep. Here are the official, you know, here's the official Democratic ballot. Everyone on this ballot is a registered Democrat. Everyone on that other guy's piece of paper, that guy standing over there with the suit who you know, uh, you never seen in our neighborhood before that guy is trying to give you everyone on his piece of paper are Republicans. And that makes people go, huh? 
Because most people, they show, I'm just coming to vote straight Democrat yeah. because yeah. they don't know what a primary is. Right. Even right. though they vote in a primary, they don't know what it is. Anyway, <laughs> setting that aside, when we tell them that they're, someone's trying to deceive them, they, they wake up and pay a little bit more attention. When we tell them the message of, you know, they're trying to get Republicans on the Democratic ballot, it's an easy sell to, Demo- to register Democrats. And, and it should be. It should be. Uh, we had an easier job. They were Republicans trying to get Democrats to vote for Republicans in a Democratic primary. We were Democrats talking to Democrats, trying to get them to vote for... I mean, there's like three stages that where it's easier for us. Yeah. So we did it successfully, and it's not easy to do because we don't have patronage jobs where we can give someone a paid time off day to stand at a poll all day and require them as a condition of their employment which is wildly illegal and widely practiced. Uh, we can't do that. So we have to get volunteers, people who really care. This year, we were able to staff almost every poll in Upper Darby from opening to close, which, Larry, as you know, it's That's not insane. easy to do. That's a huge thing to do because there are, what, 72 precincts in Upper Darby? Uh, 71, and there are a few consolidated polling places. I think we had 68 polls. Yeah. Um, now, we didn't staff the 7-6 which is the old 712. It's a neighborhood called Fernwood, right? That little sliver mm-hmm. on the other side of Baltimore Avenue. Between, I'm boring everyone who doesn't know the map of Upper Darby. But People anyway, it's a little that. isolated little pocket with yeah. 99 registered voters. I think when I showed up at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, they had had one voter. The election board hadn't voted yet. I'm, I haven't seen the final precinct count yet. I'll be looking at that tomorrow. I'm guessing they had a total of four or five voters. Just a, just a quick aside. We didn't bother to have someone stand outside all yeah, day yeah. there. Just a quick aside to that. Upper Darby is a large community. I, I think we're, it's up to close to 90,000 people now. It's uh, it's just it's somewhere between 83,000 yeah. and 84,000. That's an estimate. Oh, so it went down a little bit. No, it's oh. been going up. Isn't it the, the largest mm. township population that's non-city? Yes. Uh, and so it's the, lar- it's the sixth largest municipality in the state. It is the largest thing that's called a township. Now- you know, state by state definitions of different kinds of municipalities vary, so that doesn't mean much. Here, it but means what, that you don't have to pay your fire department stuff like that, right? Well, they do pay the fire department. Oh, uh, they pay some people. They have a mix. There's a it's a mixed system, volunteer and professional. The, the and the volunteers are all chiefs. It's one of those things, right? <laughs> um, so the way it works is that I and I the municipality law changes frequently. It changed a lot under Corbett, but. Upper Darby is a home rule township. The reason why it's not a city, there's two reasons. One, they don't want the kind of, I, I think they don't want to have to conform to the kinds of things you have to conform to as a city. Their home rule charter gives them a little bit of like flexibility to do things the way they want to do them. This, this is the Republican Republican establishment, obviously. Right. The second thing is that Upper Darby is not contiguous. We completely surround the borough of East Lansdowne. So they can't escape. Um, and then we have one precinct, the 2-1, that is not connected to the rest of the township because sometime in the early 20th century, I forget which date happened for wh- who went for. I think Clifton Heights went first. Mm-hmm. Clifton Heights Borough used to be part of Upper Darby, but they seceded. So when they seceded, they were completely surrounded. Then um, uh, Lansdowne Borough seceded uh, sometime in the late 19th century, but they weren't. That, that was like a little wedge. So all of a sudden, you have Clifton Heights, and then you get Lansdowne, and there's still a little pocket of Upper Darby, and then that's called now called the Borough of Alden because that broke away. With all of that, you left behind this little rump away with Alden or Lansdowne called 
it's called the Penn Pines neighborhood. Penn Pines. So I don't know that why they voted to stay in Upper Darby and be geographically cut off to the township. They're like Hawaii. Basically. They're like yeah. Well, they're more like um, you know. Look at the maps of the Holy Roman Empire, right? Mm-hmm. So there, if, if there's you know, the, a, a little principality may have you know three or four non-connected little pieces of land, or the border. It, if you really want to have a fun time, people, go look at the border uh, between India and Bangladesh. Like, zoom in in minute detail. They have enclaves within exclaves within enclaves, just you know, broken down communally by you know, this one village is a Muslim majority in a valley that's Hindu majority that's in a province that's Muslim majority. So it's the way they broke it out was ridiculous. So in in Pennsylvania, it used to be very easy to get a bunch of people together and vote to secede, and then you were out. Nowadays, there's a review process. A judge has to make sure that it's viable. There's a commission. Um, but Darby Township also has one of these. where uh, Springfield Township as well. There, uh, There's a piece that's Stopped by Morton and Ridley. Right. Yep. So these these are a feature of Pennsylvania geography that makes no sense to people who are not from here. People on the West Coast don't understand why we have government at below the county level, but those people don't understand that we have boroughs with more people than like several counties in their yeah. fake states out <clears throat> west. But, but when you talk about Upper Darby seven six being you know ninety nine voters and maybe five show up. The reason for that, and, and let's be clear, probably seventy of them still live there. Yeah. Right? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Politically speaking, you know, a hundred years ago, it was easy for the powers that be to break up the township into those little tiny precincts to get more committee slots for their county parties. So if you were the Republican leader in Upper Darby or in the county and you wanted to have a sway at the local uh, or at the county meeting, you had 80 some committee people you could bring out. You know, it, it's some kind of or whatever that number is, 71, 142. So you could have all these people come out, and and it's another way that the Republican Party has screwed everybody by not disenfranchising people because you still have the right to vote, but but minimizing your vote, and you know, costing us more money to have more voting machines and do all this kind of stuff. Right. Question, well, you- that's exactly right, and you know, we are actually going to be looking into this. There's a petition process to consolidate and eliminate precincts. I was going to ask, have, like Upper Darby having 71 for. Slightly over eighty thousand people. That seems way high compared. It's to- ridiculous. They did it back in the twenties, I believe, and the reason why was actually not about suppressing democratic votes because there were no democratic votes. Right. The reason why is if those of you who know how political parties work, um, your committee people are assigned per precinct. Right. So the more precincts there are, the more committee people there are. This was done as a way to give Upper Darby. Mm-hmm. When they were playing nice with McClure, he, to give them so they could have more people they could bring to meetings, so that they could continue to shut out the the Northern Delaware County faction of Republicans who were still active. These were the good government, old money, you know, like these immigrants are taking over and we need to clean up. What was actually the heart of what they called the progressive movement back in the day, um, because the progressive. People like the word progressive now, and they forget that it's essentially a racist movement from the tw- from the early twentieth century. But people don't know movements from the nineteen nineties. Right. So anyway, the um, these little pocket precincts were done so they could have more committee people per capita. It's ridiculous now. It's used for voter suppression, including you know the, the most recent remapping. A five year old with an ArcGIS license could have done a better job of making this uh, this map. It's 
most of it's fine, but when you get to the seventh and sixth district, it's just they, it's like they barely looked at it. They said, "Okay, well, let's like let's change this one to this one and this one to this one, so we can make sure that you know we have, we're more competitive in this particular ward." But it's actually not unfair by ward. It's just that there are so many precincts, and I don't even think they bothered to think about the ramifications of. I, I just think they were lazy. Yeah, I just think they were lazy. I don't think it matters to them. I don't attribute to uh, maliciousness what can be tr- attributed to somebody just wanting to get the fuck out of their job. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and if you look at who's on the commission, I mean, to the extent that they actually made the decisions, which I don't think they did, no. I mean, it's it was like th- three like really old men, including Bob Goldberg. Former, no. Yeah, yeah, former chair of the Upper Derby oh, Democrats God. who was caught being a secret Republican yeah. and ejected from the party. But um, anyway. Bob He's, he was on the redistricting commission for the Republicans. He See, works for the county. That didn't God. answer the question, though. Is he still alive? No, that's, well, that's interesting. I haven't checked his pulse. You know who else is uh, <laughs> still in the township and active? Sid Feldman, who was the leader in the 80s. I remember Sid. And uh, I met Sid, right. and he, t- he came to some meeting and told a story about how they got the Swedish ambassador to come down to the Swedish cabin or something. Right. Really? And we're all just kind of like, all right, Sid. Uh, <laughs> well, anyway, um, I'm sure he's a nice guy. But so that, so before the, we move on, can we double yeah. back uh, the patronage system? Yeah, I don't think a lot of people understand the the idea or what's behind that. Do we want to do we want to go and? Well, this is yeah. The, so this is machine politics 101. The way uh, a, an actual political machine. People you throw that word around a right. lot. There is no political machine in Philadelphia. Let's be clear. There are there are machine style politics and people engaging in that. But a, a true political machine does not have competitive primaries. And we're about to talk about a very competitive primary they just had in Philadelphia. In a true political machine, the party leaders go behind closed doors, <clears throat> review a slate of candidates, argue about it, maybe, I guess, and then come out with, here are our candidates. The entire committee falls in line and supports those candidates. They turn out their voters and they win 99 times out of 100 every single competitive attempt at a competitive primary. And that's what Delaware County, Pennsylvania is. Correct. Um, uh, but And has been for as long as we've been involved and right. 100 years before that. And they're allowed and there to were, and there were, Yeah, and the Republicans used to have a machine in Philadelphia. And mm-hmm. the Democrats used to have a machine in New York. Most political machines are gone now yep. because there's too much access to information. There's too much independence. There's Back in the days when you could really control these things... You know, the idea was to suppress voter turnout and only get your people out. And yes, you could appoint people to all kinds of positions as rewards for loyalty. You could appoint people to you. Basically, if you control a city government, you have you control all the jobs. That's it. You control all the contracts. You control a whole lot of money that could change people's lives and make it better. Mm-hmm. And in Delaware but, County, they give those poli- they give those appointees the day off to go work the polls to go right. To go drive people to the polls, to go to Absolutely. senior centers and pick up as many seniors as they can. You know, one thing that they do that's at least, you know, alleged to, that they do, um, this has been told to us by numerous people we've talked to at the doors who are county employees that say to us, look, I'm just a Republican because I need a job. And right. my cousin got me a job in the county courthouse. Mm-hmm. They, reg- they have to re- register a Republican. Yep. They have to be vouched for by the local committee person. Yes. Um, I believe any. Uh, you know, council people or, or any elected officials have a veto power. Hmm. Um, I, I've been told that maybe it's just people maybe like, it, like Mario just... Severa has a veto power. Someone so... who's got some clout. And what they do is when they do the petition process, the petition to get on the ballot, they get called into their supervisor's office and their supervisor has a stack of petitions and their supervisor says, 
okay, you live here, so you have to sign this, this, and this. And in the county courthouse, in their place of employment, their supervisor makes them sign a ballot access <clears throat> petition for the Republican candidates. Mm-hmm. And that's just the way it's done. And no one complains about it. This is what... I've heard this from three different people I've met canvassing at the doors who are Republicans who live in Democratic households who registered Republicans so that they could get a, a job, job as a janitor. You know, it's 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 so evil. It's so manipulative. It is it just it, that it hasn't been proven? Is it because it's never been challenged? How, it's been how, challenged. Uh, the, these things these things have been challenged, but good luck proving it in court, especially before a court of common pleas judge who's part of the Republican <laughs> <Yeah>. machine, <laughs> or, or you're gonna go, you're gonna go to Commonwealth Court. So look, um, at, the, look at who's traditionally the majority in right. Commonwealth Court. Yeah, yeah, and and it, it's not like Philadelphian politics doesn't have this as a vestigial feature of when no. they had a machine right, right. because there's different mm. factions and they control different groups of jobs right but it's so it, me, it's just awful let me ask you something were you ever recruited by the republicans yes not for a job per se but i helped run a, a campaign for a guy named josh richard who ran against mary severa a 25-year incumbent at state rep uh josh at the time was i mean Apologies to Josh, but he was a nothing and a nobody. He had just moved to the township. He had no resume to speak of that was interesting or compelling. He worked in a number of fast food managerial jobs and was like working part-time in a hotel at this time, I believe. He came within like a few hundred votes and scared the hell out of this uh, out of this Republican machine. So when Josh then ran for township council in the 7th district, the most heavily democratic part of the township, the next year they pulled out all the stops. We had 20 Republicans at, at standing at certain polling places, mm-hmm. greeting voters, and then going around, dragging out their voters. They were, they were not taking this lightly at all. They brought in volunteers from all over the county, including Marple Township, where that was a year that we actually won in Marple Town. They took Republican volunteers from other parts of the county to stop this one guy running for township council. And they lost in the parts of the county where they drew yep. those volunteers from. That was the year we took over Sharon Hill, I believe. Yep, um, could be. It, anyway, it doesn't. It's that that happened, and the people running that campaign were Josh Richard, myself, and Scott Sidlow. That's it. We had almost no volunteers. We had almost yep. not nothing helping us in the seventh district. And so, except for a phone bank run by Sheikh Sadiq, um, that was township wide. So anyway, on election day, it's really just. The three of us and a few of our friends and relatives standing at the polls against like dozens of Republicans. Yeah. And Paul Summers, who is their, was their dirty tricks guy uh, for the Upper Darby Republicans, comes up to me. And I had earlier gotten the cops. I had called the cops on him and gotten him jacked up against the wall for stealing my campaign literature out of doors, <laughs> which was really satisfying. <laughs> this cop obviously hated him. Well, I'll get to that. All right. So <clears throat> Paul said... It's like, wow, you really, guys, you really run a great campaign. You know, we, we really had to pull all the stops against you. Uh, you know, you, you guys have done really well. How many, like, how, how many people did you, did you have working on this? And I said, three. And his, face, his facial expression changed, and he realized that he had actually lost. Now, they won that election, but they had spent so much of their resources that he knew it was going to cost them elsewhere in the county. He's no dummy. Right. He's a longtime political operative. And it did. And that's the kind of thing, by, by waging a battle on all fronts, that's... You know, that's how you achieve victories in other places. Um, anyway, he then said, you know, 
I used to be a Democrat. He put his arm, he started that pitch. And, boy. and then he talked about how a good job the Republicans have done. And at the local level, it's not about politics. And you should come to the Drexelbrook tonight. We have an open bar. You know, we, you know, it's not about ideology. We could, we could really, you could really thrive in our organization. We could put a guy like you to work. And I said, Paul, I could never live with myself for a second joined your evil organization I, I just told him off and of course a couple years later he was arrested because he uh, was caught falsifying petitions that's right against that's brian what against brian lentz who's running yep. for congress he yep. actually went to jail yeah not for very long um they, they they he got a soft landing but he was completely discredited they eventually i believe found him a nice quiet out of the way job yep. but he is not really involved in politics anymore was that the year sexton was Rated Charlie Sexton and uh Kurt Weldon. Yeah. No, yeah. this was be, this was after that because yeah. that was the okay. that was when Sestak won that seat. This was when Brian Lentz was running to replace Sestak. Oh, so that's that when Paul went to jail. Yeah. So, so my um, we want you to join the Republican Party story. Oh, and by the way, just just to wrap that up, the only other like job I've been offered in a party organization was uh, when I when I applied to work for the House Demo- the, the House Caucus in Harrisburg. And the guy who interviewed me was arrested six months later for using his his caucus workers to run uh, political yeah. campaigns. Yeah, so which was obviously why he was trying to hire me. So I'm glad I didn't take that. It's better job. that didn't go that way. <laughs> um, so mine was a prominent Republican pulls me aside and says, "Hey, I used to be a Democrat. That's that's the that's the line. I used to be a Democrat. Then I wised up." And he said, "So he, you're very good at what you do. We've been watching you for a while." Switch over. We're gonna get you a job at the courthouse, um, and then when the time is right, we'll run you for something. And I said, first of all, I don't want to run for office. I have no desire to. I said, fine, you don't have to. Yeah, me, me neither. And here I am. Right. So you know, never say never. But then I, then I, this is the turning point in the conversation. I said, listen. I said, let's say I wanted to run for something, and one day you let me run for state rep. And I go to Harrisburg. I'd be the most liberal state rep there is. You know what he said to me? We don't care. Doesn't matter what you do out there. It just matters that here you have an R next to your name and you work for the party. But it, that's not how they actually feel because none of the R's up in Harrisburg actually do vote liberally. I, and you, but you know what? I think if some of them did, I don't think... You, you think they they just the be covered? The local guys just the... would just be like, eh, he's our guy. That's it. Well, look at Nick McCarelli. Now, Nick McCarelli is... God, he's so obnoxious in so many ways, and I don't like him. But on certain issues, he breaks with the the party, like on marijuana legalization, and mm-hmm. because he's a young guy, and so his views are different than the old guard. And a lot of them don't like it, but they just suck it up because you know he does what they need him to do locally. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you can get away with a lot if you're a good party guy. And that's what I always thought about those guys. Um, but. I, you know, it's one of those things where you have to look at yourself in the mirror every morning. <laughs> it's like, can I, well, I can't right. do this. I, I don't understand know? how you can, and, and I have Republican friends, and I challenge them on that, how you can continue to identify with that label in this day and age. You are basically, I mean, you, by being a Republican, you are endorsing Republican. what that party stands yeah. for. Yeah. And what that party stands for in 2017 is indefensible. It's inexcusable. It's evil and... You have you have to reckon with that and be judged by that association. Incarcer- it's mass incarceration. So, it's it's racial bias. Yeah. It's it's criminal justice. The whatever the opposite of reform is, deform. 
Right. It's, it's myself. I don't call myself a Democrat because I don't like the Democrat label because I don't agree that they do. The idea that anybody would consider themselves a Republican blows my fucking mind. But yet, there were a lot of guys we know. And they're all guys, by the way. I, yeah. I don't remember a woman ever switching from the Democratic Party to the Republican Party. Uh, mm. Who we worked with. Committee okay. people and things like that. Right, okay. Um, there are a handful of people who I remember, and I know very clearly, who they switched. And then the next year, they were running for school board or township council or something like that, wherever they lived. And they got a seat. And um, there was a lot of that. Um, and it'd be odd when it would happen, because these would be people who were like the biggest activists. Well, Paula Brown, she counts, right? No, but um, <laughs> she she's she's been on both sides. She's she's a, so she's, she's that, a fence walker. Yeah, I mean she's she's whatever's best for Paula Brown. Paula Brown is local crank, runs for office, you know, <laughs> and I mean, sometimes wins. Sometimes wins. <laughs> yeah, or gets hired by an adjacent municipality and participates in a power grab on behalf of landlords against some obviously corrupt individuals or handcuffs herself to the end of the police stations. So, right. so, so, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of interesting, th- we should do a whole show on her one day. That yeah, would be You funny. gotta love the response to being, to being fired is you handcuff yourself yeah. to your desk and you call the Pennsylvania, you know, auditor general. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and, and the auditor general's like, well, listen, uh, <laughs> that's a Darby problem. I don't think, Colwyn. Colwyn is not Darby. Oh, it was Colwyn. That's right. As quick to remind you. Yeah. No, no. Nothing against any of those communities. Colwyn's quick to remind you, too. But I don't think the Auditor General I don't think Colwyn's quick at doing anything. No. (laughs) I don't think the Auditor General is coming down for that. I'm sorry. If you're from Colwyn and you're offended, I don't know what to tell you. Sort yourselves out. Well, I'm not trying to offend anybody. Um, So that leads us to something... I don't know if you want to call it shocking, earth-shattering, whatever you want to call it. Here interesting. In, very interesting. Here in Philadelphia, um, we had the big DA's race. We've talked about it a little bit. And um, a lot happened. And we're not reacting well here on the computer. 6.30. Are we recording now? I don't know. Okay. Because I tried to stop it. Just give me that circuit. If you hit stop and then buffering to catch up. All right. We'll give that a minute. When would he start? So, uh, a lot of, lot of insight in way to illustrate study of one county. And, and not just say, oh, well, they we had a good run. These are people's lives, their business empires, their, their, self, their sense of self-worth. Uh, and we may have outpulled them. Democrats came up municipal primary than Republicans, and we deserved work that it took to make that happen. But because they're a machine, they didn't have a primary. Why did they have any? They'd spent bringing out their voters. They spent all their time trying to get our voters to vote for their candidates filed. So we need that they're now going to pivot. They see us coming. They're very aware that they have money and patronage jobs and they're spying in to hold on to power. So it's going to be, it, it's still a lot of work from anywhere, obviously. But I mean, that's the real take was that we did a great job and we're going to have to do another great job to make it happen. Right, right. All right. And with that, we're going to go to part two. I'm going to stop this, though, before I do that. So stick around. That Somebody's going to start playing at the end of that. Well, I hope he'll know when it just ends. <laughs>